Vision has just the right mix of music, inspiration and fun to kickstart your day. Rise and shine with Fel and DJ. Weekdays at breakfast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media. Thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. There's so much talk at this time of the year about gifts. What does Susie want or what does Billy want? Pastor Greg Laurie points out a deep yearning that we all have. We're all waiting for Christmas right now, but I think deep down inside, what we really want when we are waiting for Christmas and we're longing for it, it's not Christmas, it's Christ. It's not merriment, it's the Messiah. It's not presence under a tree, it's His presence in our lives. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Again you hear all the angels are singing. This is the day, the day when life begins. It was the night before Christmas, and as the poem says, not a creature was stirring. Well, that might have been the case in 1823, but in 2020, Christmas Eve is probably a cauldron of last-minute projects, family tensions and frayed nerves. It's not exactly the way it's described on the Christmas cards. Well, today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie points out how to pause for a moment and refresh ourselves with another perspective. It's a message from last year's Christmas Eve service at his home church in Riverside, California. Well, if you brought a Bible with you, I'd like you to grab it and turn to Luke chapter 2. The title of my message is Waiting for Christmas. Waiting. (laughs) I don't know about you, but that's not something I like to do. I, by nature, am an impatient person. My wife can attest to this. She's very patient. I'm very impatient. Uh, when you're driving on the freeway and you see the one person in the one lane pops over to the next lane, over to the other lane, into the other lane, always trying to get ahead, that's me. Okay? In the market, I literally, if I'm looking at the lines now, at the registers, I'm thinking, what is the shortest line? And there have been times I've gone in the 12 items or less line when I needed to buy more stuff just to get through and I'll leave stuff behind just so I can get out of there more quickly. And by the way, I'm counting the number of items of the person in front of me in that line as well. Same with amusement parks. That's one of the reasons I don't love to go to them that much. I mean, I like to go to Disneyland, but every time I go, I pick the one day when it's the most crowded day of all time. And everyone will say, you should have been here yesterday. It was like a ghost town, but I've just had people everywhere. And now they have little signs on the lines that tell you, if you're standing here, you'll be on the ride in one month. I'm like, you know, (laughs) I was happier not knowing that actually. Or remember when you were a kid and you were in class, how long the class seemed to go? It's like you're waiting for the bell to ring for recess and it seemed like it took years. Or maybe you go to the theater and you're watching the trailers and you're thinking, I can't wait to see that new movie that's coming out. Then you see the movie and realize the trailer was better than the movie, right? And then eating. You know, when I order a pizza, I can't wait for it to cool off. I'll start eating it. It's burning the roof of my mouth. I may need to go to the emergency room, but oh, I can't wait to eat that pizza. 
and you know, microwaves. They seem slow to me now. I remember when microwaves first came out. That's how old I am. I remember when I saw the first one, I was like, it was like a miracle. What used to take 45 minutes, you could have done now in three minutes. Now I put something in the microwave and I'm like, seriously, two minutes? I have things to do, right? It's just crazy. I'm an impatient person. But sometimes things are work the way. Well, Christmas is here. Christmas Eve, of course, and tomorrow's Christmas Day. We had our grandkids over at our house. I mentioned that. And um, Kathy decided they should open their presents the next day. And they were so filled with anticipation. They couldn't wait. It's so hard for them. So when you're a kid, you can't wait for Christmas morning. When you're an adult, you can't wait for Christmas to be over with. No more Christmas songs. You've had enough of all those songs. Like, you know, I saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus. That is an inappropriate song, okay? I don't know. And what about that song? He knows, he sees you when you're sleeping. What is he, a stalker? What's going on? <laughs> he knows when you're awake. That, that's, who is this guy in the red suit looking in my window late at night? But, uh, so I want to talk about two people that are sort of unknown folks in the Bible that we're waiting for the first Christmas. We're all waiting for Christmas right now. <laughs> Some of us are, are waiting and hoping our family will show up. Some of us are hoping our family actually won't show up. But uh, Christmas is such a big deal. And it's so hyped up. Here's the reality. Christmas cannot deliver on its promises. It has a lot of good things about it. But I think deep down inside, what we really want when we are waiting for Christmas and we're longing for it, it's not Christmas, it's Christ. It's not merriment, it's the Messiah. It's not goodwill, it's God. It's not presence under a tree, it's His presence in our lives. I think really the, the anticipation we have for Christmas is a longing for God Himself. And that's the message of Christmas. Emmanuel, God is with us. Now, let's focus on these two unknown people, for the most part, in the Christmas story. I'm not talking about Joseph and Mary. We all know a lot about them. I'm actually talking about Frosty and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. No, I'm not. I'm talking about two people named Simeon and Anna. You ever heard of them before? Simeon and Anna. Believe it or not, they're actually a part of the Christmas story, even the nativity story. And in some ways, they're more a part of the Christmas story than the wise men were because the wise men came quite a bit later, maybe up to two years later. The Bible says they came to the house where Jesus was, not the manger where he was born. So let me show you where these two fit in to the Christmas story. Kind of big picture timeline. Remember the angel Gabriel came to Mary living in the city of Nazareth, a city renowned for its wickedness. She was a nobody in a nowhere town in the middle of nowhere. And though it was known for immorality, Mary was a godly girl living in an ungodly place and it was revealed to her that she would become the mother of the very Messiah. She was trying to wrap her mind around how this would happen and Gabriel, who gave her this message, told her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. 
So Mary agreed. She said, let it be according to your servant. I, I, I'm in. I agree. I'll do it. She could have said no. She could have said, no, thank you. Could you get somebody else? No, she said yes. Then there's Joseph, the unsung hero of the Christmas story. He went along with this. You have to understand that Joseph didn't believe Mary's story at first when she told him. But then the Lord came to him in a dream, sent an angel and said, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife for it is the Son of God. So now Caesar, Augustus, gives a decree that all the world should be taxed. And because both Mary and Joseph were descendants from the house of David, they had to return to Bethlehem. That's where David lived when he was a little boy, you remember? And so now they're making the difficult journey back to Bethlehem because the scripture said that is where Messiah would come from. Micah 5.2, Thou Bethlehem, though you be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth one whose origins have been from everlasting, or literally the vanishing point. Now, on the first Christmas Eve, there were no brightly colored lights on anyone's home. There were no stockings that had been hung with care. No visions of sugar plums on anyone's mind. It was just another night in Bethlehem. But world history was about to change. You know the story. They arrive in town. There's no room in the inn. And so the Son of God enters our world in a stable or most likely a cave. Now when we parents have a child, especially our first child, we call our loved ones. And we'll tell them the weight and length of the baby and the actual time of birth. So God makes an announcement. My son is born. Who does he tell? You would think he would go and tell Caesar. Hey Caesar, the son of God has been born. But no, he directs the message toward shepherds keeping watch over their flocks by night. Let me say a word about Caesar. Caesar Augustus. It means of the gods. That's the definition of Augustus. Caesar decided, I think everyone should now worship me as a deity. Historians tell us he may have been around 5'7". That's funny because I was telling the Christmas story to my grandkids and I mentioned Caesar and my granddaughter Lucy said, little Caesar? <laughs> and I said, pizza, pizza. So you know, actually it was little Caesar. A little dude who thought he was a big deal but in reality he was merely a tool in the hand of God Almighty to bring about the event spoken of by the prophets. Listening to a new beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Ministries in the US, and he's presenting a special Christmas Eve message that he presented last year at his home church in Riverside, California, USA. It's called Waiting for Christmas. Let's continue. And so now the Son of God has come into the world. The message is given to the shepherds. So let's see what they said. Luke chapter 2, verse 9. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them. And the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. Imagine. They were terrified. And the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior. Yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you'll recognize him by this sign. You'll find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. The shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, 
which the Lord has told us about. We'll stop there. So the shepherds come and they find Mary and Joseph and the baby in her arms, no doubt. The wise men appeared a little bit later. I already mentioned a couple of years later. Listen to this. The next event in the nativity story is eight days later after the birth of Christ when Joseph and Mary take Jesus into the temple. There he was circumcised. And now we come to the first of two people who are waiting for Christmas or waiting for Christ. The first was Simeon. Who was he? He was a godly man who was waiting for the Messiah. He was living a godly life at a time when the people of Israel had turned from the Lord in many ways. They had not heard from the Lord for hundreds of years. Not a single prophet had spoken in the name of the Lord. Not one miracle had been performed. No angelic appearances until this event with the shepherds keeping watch over their flocks. But suddenly now the time is right. Everything was set in place. Rome actually helped to bring about the purposes of God. You know, sometimes God can use a person that is not necessarily a godly person or a moral person to accomplish his purposes. Caesar was accomplishing the purposes of God by giving that decree and getting Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem so prophecy would be fulfilled. And Rome, through its military muscle, had bludgeoned the world into submission and most of the planet was living under what was called Pax Romana, a forced peace. Rome established a common language, Greek, so for the first time ever, everyone for the most part was speaking the same language. Secondly, they had a very sophisticated postal system. And thirdly, they had the Roman road system. And it was on those roads with that language that the gospel was spread to the planet like wildfire. Everything was right historically. Fulfilling Galatians 4.4 which says, when the time was just right, God sent forth His Son made of a woman under the law to redeem those that are born under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons whereby we cry, Abba, Father. When the time was just right. So here's old Simeon hanging out in the temple waiting. The Lord had revealed to him he would not die until he saw the Messiah. Sometimes you get those boxes on your porch that say, don't open till Christmas. God had effectively shown Simeon you won't die until Christmas, the first Christmas. You won't die until you see the Messiah. So Simeon held on to the promises of God. The prophet Malachi, whose prophecy ends the Old Testament, says the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. And though that prophecy was 400 years old and Simeon believed it, he hung on to it. It's a good thing to hang on to the promises of God. There's a lot of promises in the Bible. Did you know that? Thousands of promises that the Lord has given to you. Don't ever forget the promises of God. Lay hold to the promises of God. They're a little bit like those gift cards we are given this time of year. And I have to admit, I've received quite a few gift cards I've not used. I don't know about you. I have a little collection at home. I read recently that there are 45 billion, you heard me right, billion dollars in unused gift cards that have been given over the years. Can you imagine such a thing? Now people give me a lot of gift cards to In-N-Out Burger and Krispy Kreme Donuts. <laughs> and I think it's because I mention them so often in my sermons. Maybe I should 
talk about fancier restaurants more. I don't know. <laughs> so I have all these gift cards for In-N-Out Burger, which I appreciate. But if I used all these gift cards, I'd be literally 500 pounds right now. They'd roll me out on a dolly, right? I'd be a literal holy roller. Here I am. <laughs> so I, I re-gift them. I give them away to others. <laughs> and then I receive gift cards to places I'll never go. Oh wow, a $100 gift card at Liver World. I, I don't know, Liver, it doesn't exist. Don't Google it, I made it up. Maybe it does exist, but I would never want to go to a place like that. Well anyway, God's made promises to you. They're like gift cards that are unused. For instance, God has promised to you that He'll never leave you or forsake you. Jesus said, I will never leave you or forsake you. He also said, lo, I am with you even to the end of the age. And the Bible also promises that God will provide all of your needs according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. God also promises in Romans 8.28 that He can cause all things to work together for good to those that love God and other called according to His promises. And God has promised to answer our prayers. And I think so often we have problems and we don't pray about them. We don't bring them to the Lord. And Jesus said, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be open. Do you have a problem tonight, Christmas Eve? Maybe it's a physical problem. Maybe it's a family problem. Maybe it's some other kind of issue. Pray about it. Pray about it because God promises in Jeremiah 33, 3, call to me and I will answer you. So Simeon called on the Lord. Lord, you made a promise to me. You promised I won't die till I see the Messiah. I'm hanging on to that promise. By the way, the name Simeon means God has heard. <laughs> God did hear. And so he waited and he waited. And one day, who walks in? Mary, Joseph, and the baby Jesus. Pastor Greg Laurie with an interesting perspective on the first Christmas and what we can learn for Christmas here in 2020. Some good insight today on a new beginning. And tomorrow, Pastor Greg returns to complete this message looking at the patient expectation of Anna and Simeon. Join us again then. Now, for a copy of Pastor Greg's full message from today, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. It was called Waiting for Christmas. Just go to visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-00-5011. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.